Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined as always by Ryan. We are coming to you following Everton's victory in the third round of the FA Cup against Rotherham United. 2-1 win. Probably the nicest thing I can say about that match is that we won it somehow, Ryan. Uh, Over to you for your instant reaction. Oh, and full disclosure, I did uh, sleep through the first half on accident. I'm usually due for at least one of those a season with Everton, so I will be deferring to Ryan for some of his observations. But yeah, Ryan, over to you. Uh, I'm making a vomit, uh, (laughs) you know, face right now. Uh, We won. Uh, It was ugly, sloppy. At times it felt like early 80s English football. Um, But I, I, you know, I... Yeah, I guess uh, we had a couple guys that weren't fit, so I'm glad they got run outs. There's really not too much positive to take about it other than that. Yeah, look, I mean, you get the win, you're into the next round, and you kind of just have to say good enough. But I think it's a little bit concerning that at times Rotherham looked like the better side and even for like periods of the game threatening. Um, But let's walk it back. Early kickoff, noon kickoff in England, 7 a.m. kickoff on the east coast of the United States. And at 6 a.m., we had the lineup drop. God bless the West Coast, guys. I mean, seriously. My God, yeah. Oof. Every time, it's like, I don't know how they do it. And they were, uh, you sometimes they get rewarded for the early wake up. But I know. Not I know. today. As someone who's lived out there before, like, I, I quite enjoyed it. But boy, this would be really, really <laughs> early. Um, yeah, the lineup was interesting. I, I figured, I thought we'd actually maybe have a little bit more rotation. Carlo mm. had already noted that Jenk was going to play up top. No Richie, no Dom. A uh, little surprised to see kind of a Wobi out there too. Some young guys coming in. Olsen came in, uh, and I was looking forward to the center back duo of Godfrey and Keen. You know, Ben Godfrey had not played at center back in a two since we got him, and I right. think that's his primary position. So, um, but yeah, immediately you look at that midfield though, and you think, oh God, um, Andre Gomes and and Tom Davies. And James, now, now what you hope is that you're going to have the ball so much um, that, in theory, it would be fine. You know, Andre should be a positive possession player. I know we haven't seen as much of that from him recently. And Tom has had some good matches, in particular the Sheffield match, where he sat deeper and kind of controlled the game and possession. Good to see James was going to play in the middle, I thought. That's yeah. how it turned out. I mean, I think that's his natural position. We've talked about that traditionally in a 4-3-3. And this is what it was. I mean, you could argue 4-2-3-1, but it really is a 4-3-3. Um, and I was excited to see how Gordon would do on the left side. Um, I'm not missing anything, but I think the hopes were that, okay, these guys could get us through there. You know, we sat some key players. Um, they were there in reserve, but it didn't quite play out that way. But yeah, that that midfield I was concerned about. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, I mean, my God, we talked so much about the how that combination yeah. as in Davies is pretty inept defensively. And yeah, I mean, in the end, we ended up dominating possession, but I don't think the midfield did us any favors in that regard. They were, uh, again, pretty ugly at times, pretty inept. You know, Tom Davies did have that good match at Sheffield, but not his best work today. And you think that even with this 
this is a this is a strong lineup. I mean, it's certainly not our best lineup that we could put out, but you've got some good players in there. Dina and Hamas both kind of still recovering from injuries. So yeah. I think you have to take their performances with a grain of salt, especially Luca Dean, who didn't have his best day, but really encouraging to see him return. Um and yeah, I mean, you, you'd think that this this side would be more than good enough to see off Rotherham comfortably. Uh, but as the game started, I mean, it seemed like we may have been on course. Obviously, Rotherham with an interesting lineup as well. They're at the bottom of the championship at the moment. So this is a, a massive game for them, but probably not their, their foremost concern. Yeah, I, I, it was... You know, you get excited as an American to see some U.S. players in there. Yeah. Kevin Carter-Vickers was sitting on the bench. And Matthew uh, Sunday, uh, right back, you know, he's 22. He's probably never really going to make it maybe to the top flight. Um, <clears throat> he's not really in the in the USA national team picture or anything. But, um, you know, for a kid, I think he grew up in Trenton. He played at like Princeton United Travel. He was eventually New York Red Bulls kind of product. He was tough. I mean, so going to the tactical real quick, I mean, it looks like they kind of sat back more in a 4-5-1. I think that's what was really disappointing about possession. It's not that they didn't pressure us at all, um, maybe not as higher up the pitch, but we had trouble dealing with their their wide fullbacks pushing up, and Ola Sunday was killing Dean and really yeah. struggled with him a lot. And again, you know, Luca is coming off injury. So I get that. I, you know, you need to cut him some slack and he certainly wasn't getting a lot of help from the dynamic defensive duo of Andre Gomes and Tom Davies, unfortunately, but he, it was a problem uh, definitely. And they, and they were throwing people up and firing the ball in, you know, it seemed kind of old school and were dangerous at times. And um, it was very frustrating too, but, 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 Let's talk about, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes because we did control the match. And I mean, I, I, I think you saw a couple early chances. You saw Andre with a decent chance. Anthony Gordon turned their center back, Michael, uh, let's see, Ikiwe, I think. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the player, I'll be honest. Um, but he turned him really well, accelerated. Um, I don't know if there was an issue with the pitch. It seems like the ball wasn't really rolling very well. Is that my imagination or did you kind of see that maybe too? No, I mean, I saw it too. And I also saw there were some, some weird slips. There was Hamez later on in the match. Just, yeah. and that's been actually the last several games. It seems like, I don't know what's going on. If it's the studs, they need bigger ones or whatever, but I mean, yeah, it could so be the weather a little, I mean, I, I will sure, say this yeah. definitely our defensive line was affected by the sun. You could yes. see the sun was going down low and a lot of guys are looking at it. So if, if that was Rotherham's idea to fireballs in there, knowing that we couldn't see them brilliant, <laughs> you know, kudos yeah. to manager, nice call. Cause it was effective. And they, they, there were a lot of nervous moments at the bar, but I mean, the first 15, 20, I thought buckle in, we're going to own the ball. We're going to totally dominate these guys. We're, we're a class above, um, Gordon didn't score. He got a right-footed shot blocked. He had a, frankly, an easy chance with his left foot that he completely muffed. Um, but, but kudos to him. He created the whole play. And then he eventually played Jank in in a lovely through ball, ball, perfectly Great weighted ball. and a really class finish by Jank seeing the keeper come out and chipping him. Um, unfortunately, uh, then it didn't really get any better for Anthony Gordon from that point. And, I, the question really is, you know, we had 67% possession after 23 minutes. And then even when we had the ball after that point, it was muffed. It was not clean. It it was just kind of possession for possession's sake. We didn't look dangerous. We we could not get the ball to Gordon and Awobi. Um, Jen came back for the ball enough times as one touch passing. I thought was fine, despite other people apparently online that, our observational wizards that just know the game clearly more than me. Um, 
Yeah, it was just disappointing. You know, we just couldn't get the ball into dangerous areas consistently, and they were consistently dangerous. And I don't know if it's heart or effort or energy. I, I just think, frankly, those two midfielders are disorganized. They were lacking in discipline. And uh, could, we couldn't win the ball back from them at times. You know, there was just too yeah. much gaps between our forwards who were not pressing effectively and our guys in the midfield. And I, it was really disappointing, especially when you look at, I think Coleman and Dean were just not really winning balls or pushing up aggressively and partially because they're probably terrified to do so because of the defensive mids. And I guess one last thing to think about is maybe it's that combination of Godfrey and Keene. You know, it only takes a little time for a defensive element to gel, I yeah. thought Ben Godfrey was all over the place. Michael Keane was very hesitant today. Maybe that was Godfrey. I don't know what your thoughts were, but it's just the middle of the pitch. We just could not win the ball back and control it the way we should have. No, we couldn't string passes together. I mean, I think it was clear that we were we were stagnant in possession. Yeah. Guys, again, not moving off the ball. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, right? I mean, just that's, the movement wasn't there. And, and if the ball's not in Awobi's hand where he runs around with it and everyone stares at him, I mean, we, we missed a lot of that. No one wants to take people on, and sometimes you you need that one-on-one. -on -one. You need someone to beat someone one-on-one -on -one that disorganizes the defense and puts them on their heels. We really – they kept us in front of them for the most part. I mean, I think you look at the first half. Cheng Tosin had eight touches. Owobi had 19. Gordon had 17. Just not getting our forward players involved, and I think you can chalk a lot of that up to the midfield, just the inability to provide that link. Um, and I think also, you know, Luca Dean, obviously the graphic's been circulating, showing what an effective – chance creator he is but i still think I, I don't think he's had any stellar games with anthony gordon in front of him uh, i think that 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 chemistry still probably needs to be developed a little bit and yeah and gordon again he he had the assist and he looked really bright early but he started to fade as the half were on and then as things uh obviously was yanked early in the second half i don't want to look too much into it but um you know, Gordon has really excelled at the U23 level, and we've seen some glimpses of his quality, and, and I think he's going to be a very good player for us eventually. But but even the difference in physicality mm. between him and Ola Sande, who is a strong athletic guy, you know what I mean? Um, when Gordon created his two chances, Ola Sande was not there. Later in the match, they had several duels, and Ola Sande just absolutely owned him, um, just yeah. was physically overpowering to him. And, and again, part of that is... And some people really made some good observations on the Discord uh, the other day about Richarlison. When when the stats look like he's getting the ball the same amount of touches in certain areas, the question is, maybe he's being pushed out wide because that overlap isn't there. So if Dean is not up and down the pitch and Anthony can't hold the ball up or someone else can't hold the ball up or he's not getting the support from the midfield, suddenly that right back can just cut in and deal with him. You know, he doesn't have to worry about what's outside on the right. He can mm. play him on the inside. He can be more aggressive. And I think maybe that's what we saw. And they had numbers behind the ball too. So um, I don't know. Uh, it, it was, it just, it wasn't good. Uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't at all. And it hasn't been good the last, that's the last three games. And in a lot of the common themes that we've seen, the inability to, to break teams down when they want to sit in behind um, just resurface. And it's the same personnel. I mean, you know, Hamas is capable of unlocking a defense, but I, I, didn't have his best game today. I mean, that no. assist eventually for the winner was sensational, but getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, I think the fact that it even took extra time to, to see this off, I think, and you could see once we came out, it was a totally different level of motivation and, and pressure that we applied. But for the second half, like once they equalized, which again was the result of some pretty poor defending, um, 
there was there was very little that showed that we were going to then kick on and respond and go on to win the game in in regulation time. Yeah, I mean, the subs made a difference, but let's talk about yes. the goal for a second. What in God's green earth was that? I mean, Andre comes out to challenge a player. Tom Davies runs into I, – I, I just – I cannot in my mind – Fat, you know, the other day when we were watching him play, he was actually scanning around and really playing an active role and trying to be cognizant of where he was positionally. I mean, he came charging in there. He almost collided with Andre on the play. Ball got behind him, walked in, and eventually it fell to Ola Sunday, who finished it. Not an amazing finish, but good enough. He's already in a dangerous position. It, yeah. But it happened repeatedly. I, I just don't. And the funny part is, so if you look at the numbers, you look at As Tom Davies numbers. Yes, we do. That's that's kind of, you know, what we do sometimes. Six tackles, two interceptions, right? That's a lot. But then you start thinking about it. You're like, wait a second. What the heck was Tom Davies doing making six tackles? Because I, I don't think we were really geared to press. No. May, maybe like really press strongly and pushing the back lineup. So he, he really, assuming that he is the deepest midfielder, he really shouldn't be up there engaging with people, at least not against a team like this, um, which I, I so I mean, I think he was losing his spot and being more aggressive. I mean, the bottom line is and we talked about this in the January window monster episode is we're lacking that sitting player to kind of solidify things. And even if we press the team up collectively, you still need that guy. And I didn't see that out of him, even in possession too. That was disappointing. You know, he's trying to get away from people and be elusive and they were kicking him and beating on him. And, and frankly, he wasn't holding the ball as well he, as he had. And, you know, Keen seemed hesitate, hesitating to go up farther at times. You know, he was still good in the box when we were deeper because that's what he does. I mean, Godfrey was kind of all over the place. You know, it just, um, it just wasn't working. And, and once they scored, it was like, this is not, this is not going well. But I, and I feel like the subs were almost unnecessary. And the fact that the subs happened at all, I think was kind of a defeat in a way. Yeah, like I, like we said at the top, I mean, this lineup should be more than good enough to see off this team. And the fact that they weren't, and the fact that then Carlo had to bring in some of the more regular starters to try to solidify things and and go for the win is is a little bit concerning, I'm not going to lie. But the subs did ultimately make an impact. Um, and I think over the course of the entire match, you would look and say that not our best showing, but I think once DeCorey came on, he started off really rough. <laughs> Had some oh, really bad those, those first two passes. I mean, well, one key maybe should have stepped up to get it, but he's a center yeah. back. You got to cut him a little bit of a break. And you know the play. I mean, he's not that type of player. Maybe Yeri steps up there or Mason and kind of attacks the ball, but but you know, we weren't doing well. So you got to cut him a little bit of slack. But he eventually yeah. turned it on. Thank God. Yeah, because that when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, if DeCorey's not gonna play well today. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. And actually, back to your point about Michael Keane, because I had forgotten what I was going to say, but there were a couple moments, I think it was later on in the match, but he was, we were passing it around on the back and he received it with space in front. And I heard from the sideline say, Carlos saying, Michael, drive, Michael, drive. And he wouldn't carry the ball forward. We know that's not his strong suit, but he has shown an ability of like, at least sometimes taking it forward and, and forcing someone to come to him and opening something else up. And he was very, very hesitant to do that today and looked a little bit slow. He doesn't um, lack yeah. the skill to do it. You know what I mean? No. The carrying, he's not the best at. I get it. But the pass, like if he gets in a position, we've seen him play a decent through ball or play a ball over the top. Yeah. But no, it's not Yeri. Like Yeri would have taken it and went right forward with the darn thing. Right. And he's a better possession player. Let's be honest. Yeri is a little bit better with the ball and much sure. better at using his body to keep the ball. 
Um, as simple as that, you know, Michael, Michael is a valuable player for us, but I just, there's gonna come a time when we sit back and say, okay, if we really want to make that next level, um, you know, you've got to play, when you play teams like this, you've got to have some ability to pressure and, yep. and, and maybe, maybe if someone who's not comfortable, you know, downstream, maybe he's not the guy, although much credit to him for, for excellent form earlier in this season and, and Godfrey's kind of shakiness i think didn't didn't really help things you know i mean even though even though there were times where you saw godfrey's athleticism and him sure. jump on a ball and, and like he always shows it at least once or twice a match and sure. you could see it sometimes Thomas. though like when you see it you're like this he could be really good you know at one mm. point but but remember i mean what is he's 22 yeah and he Rock, came from Rock getting athlete. oh yeah just getting shelled last year at Norwich and he's played a bunch of different positions too. It's not like he grew up his whole life playing center back. So, um, you know, try, you gotta be patient with him. And this was a good time for him to kind of start to, to move towards solidifying that position eventually, but he's not there yet. Uh, but I, I do, I do think the hum is not being fit. He grew into the game eventually, but, yeah. but look, I mean, it cost us cause we had to sub him later, but look, so Decore eventually made it, made a big impact. Bernard, uh, I mean, I just, the, the end, like the quality in the final, that maybe he's not playing enough, but like you just, you kind of get this feeling the quality, like he's been sloppy this year. He's given the ball away yeah. a lot. He, he's just not been, it's not been tight control. You know what I mean? I mean, I just, don't you get this feeling kind of that like maybe he's in his mind kind of somewhere else? Yeah, I do. I, but I do think and, he's had his fair share of good games, but he's been a wildly inconsistent player for us in his yeah. entire time here. Yeah. And I think you just saw a little bit more of the downside. There's no question on his day he can change a game, and he's the type of player that you would think bringing on in a match like this to try to unlock something would be effective. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't have the biggest impact today. I think he, he in, instead of Anthony Gordon, I mean, it, it's like – didn't dramatically change things, didn't offer a whole lot more, but he did at least kind of move around the pitch and, and offer himself up to receive the ball. Um, and then the second so the second double substitution, which brought on Yerry Mina and Gilfie Sigurdsson. I mean, Gilfie, besides taking a couple set pieces, I don't think he contributed a ton, but Yerry Mina, I think, did make a, a decent impact when we shifted Godfrey out to, to left back as we um, – as we made those substitutions. Yeah. Yuri was awesome. I mean, he came in, he's been our best center back now for the greater part of a month a by, by, I think uh, a mile in a way. Now, now the Keen's form has fallen off a little bit. Not that he's been awful. I mean, I know I'm picking on Michael Keen apparently today, but it's not, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just pointing out limitations for us all season, but it wasn't his best game. You can say that. I think it's fair to just point out limitations of a player. Like uh, yeah. we can't sit there and fake it and pretend like Andre Gomes is a good defensive player. You know, it's things like that. You mm -hmm. know, he, it's just like when Andre gets in the final third, you saw it today he he missed a shot he's just not good in the final third he's not one of those guys that are gonna you know unlock someone it's just how he is Gilfie didn't do a lot but he also wasn't giving the ball away and stuff he actually was a Iceman like calming presence. God, it's such a stupid story. I know I, the Iceman <laughs> cometh. So so silly. Um but yeah Thor himself decided to now I he 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 took care of the ball. I mean, he was definitely when he has time on the ball, he is class on it. I, I don't doubt. So, I mean, you didn't see him giving away too much and at least he has some positional discipline and some tactical awareness. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he just made a big difference in there. You know, he just, he just did 
He's good in the air, but more importantly, really solidified us with the ball. Uh, yeah. It was very amusing at one play trying to see one of their players try and get around him to yeah. the ball that was going out the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It was going so slowly, but there was literally not a single chance they were going to get around that pterodactyl <laughs> and get to the ball. I, I'm just wings, watching man. it. I'm like, yeah, I was watching. I'm like, he's not really going to shield it that whole time, is he? <laughs> I mean, I, it was I, good. Yeah, just the slow. I know. You just, could see the word on the ball. You know what I mean? The, the testament brand. to his 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 body position. And yeah, the wingspan certainly helps in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, part of the good part about it was that Hamez did grow into the game a yeah. little bit. Um, and I do think his future position is in the middle. Uh, coincidentally, I hope he's not actually hurt when he got pulled. But the the through ball, well, put it this way. So it looked like in the 84th that Jank had scored off a set piece. Yeah. And say what you will about VAR uh, and how tough it was. I mean, I think VAR probably could have made for, you know, maybe a penalty case against us at one point, even though it would have been weak. Thank you, Andre, again. Uh, just oh. well, he makes you nervous, doesn't he? Uh, he, yeah. he um, Jake, again, I thought at that point, I was like, wow, he scored two goals. And I, I thought, wow, you know, that's that's not a bad, not a bad audition for someone else. Ruled out for VAR. But the big controversial thing was I don't understand why people are upset that Jake Tosin is a big Ronnie James Dio fan, man. I mean, it's a sign <laughs> of the devil. What's yeah. wrong with Holy Diver? Like, come on. Holy dive. Holy dive. <laughs> yeah. You I just, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. You not... tweeted that. I, I, I <laughs> that's oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Sign of the beast there. No, um, I, I think people, maybe some people jumped on him about it. Um, I learned a bit about it. I, it. Yeah. It was pretty casual, I thought. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that was either a, I'm a Turkish wolf type historical thing. And, and we saw the Turkish kind of toffees group you know, make a kind of a, a tweet out a couple things to make sure people understood that it's not some fascist sign or anything. And yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I wish I could, my international business tree only does so much. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's anytime you're talking about symbolism, like people can interpret different things. I and I know Chen kind of has a history of perhaps some politically undesirable takes to for the masses but i also think like he just scored a goal it could have just as easily been holding up a two two that's what i thought it maybe was it, yeah. it was kind of casual i mean you didn't you would think if you were making a political statement you would have been outwardly like, demonstrative yeah. or, or something or you know even if it was a ronnie james dio thing you know you would have put it up there and yeah you know, come on it did it did spark some like immediate controversy though it was really kind of crazy to see it unfold so quickly but as always i think the, the important thing here is like calmer heads prevail you wait for all the evidence to come out and you make a judgment he's denied that it was any kind of political statement and i think you kind of just have to take him at his word i mean it just seemed it seemed like if it was going to be something like that it would be uh an interesting context to do it you know i think these guys are pretty in the modern game these guys are so well groomed by pr and they understand that there's going to be reactions. So it just seems like it would have been a little bit naive of him to do that. So I, I mean, I the big to, showcase. Yeah. Third round matchup. F, right. With no fans against Rotherham. That's, I'm gonna, that's your big political that's your platform, right? <laughs> right? The big stage. And he's and, denied it. So again, I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Some people may feel differently, but um, yeah. in that goal, again, VAR, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. At that, but at that out. point, I think once he scored it and it was ruled out, I felt a little bit more confident. I mean, it seemed like at the time that perhaps rather I might come on to us and, and maybe nick another one and, and win the match. But once extra time hit, 
it was really only ever going to be Everton that won the match. I think we really shored up the defensive side. They didn't really have a sniff. We scored early enough to Corey on a fantastic vision and through ball by James. I mean, great ball, great run by Decore. Again, one of our few midfielders actually willing to venture forward and get in the box and he's rewarded for it. Yeah. Uh, Decore has been just an absolute monster. Um, he's <laughs> been exactly player. the player that we were hoping the energy, the, uh, you know, we just need more of it. I mean, really, uh, you know, the story of the game and yeah, it was a lovely through ball. It's a good finish too. I mean, you know, with the left, I think, right. I mean, just kind of slotted it right by him and the goalie took a decent line at him. Mm. Um, it was a good finish. Um, Bernard hit the post in the, in the 101st. Yeah. I, I thought that was it. You know, I thought that was a little bit unlucky. You know, if you hit a post like that, I mean, it, it was probably maybe more wide open than it needed, than it could have been. You know, he probably should have finished it, but wasn't a horrible play. It would have been nice to just kind of ease off it and kind of relax. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show you, man, the lesson here is exactly what we talked about, you know, in our big monster pod. And that was when the starters go down, the the depth, you know, the guys, it, it's also a stylistic thing. You know, we don't have guys to go in and replicate what we were doing. Right. Um, not, not that we need to be this system-oriented team. I think Carlo has made it clear that he wants us to be more adaptable, you know, more dynamic. But you still have to have some core functionality to do some of those things. I mean, look, if you want to be a good possession team, you've got to have guys that can hold it, guys that can take it back, especially in the midfield. And and it's just, it's dude, it's too much of a drop-off. It, it just it just Exactly. Exactly. I mean, to your point about we're certainly not the same team. When we're at full strength, we are a totally different animal. And I think if you can bring in guys and then somewhat replicate what your best team can do, which is what a lot of great teams do, they just kind of plug and play guys and they, they can swap people out to some extent. When we have to make significant changes, the product on the pitch shifts so much in yeah. the opposite direction that it just shows we have no depth. We have no, we should have depth. We have a lot of injuries still guys coming back, but, uh, and hopefully Hamas nose cause he took that shot to the nose. It looked like he was made, it was bleeding. I don't know if it's broken or what, but he carried on for a little bit before eventually being subbed off. But just the drop off, as soon as we lose two or three guys, we're still dominating possession against a championship team, but not compellingly winning. And in the end, we had to play a lot of guys for a 30 extra minutes that with another match on Tuesday, as Patty Boylan said, really accurately post-match said they have an important league game away on Tuesday, having to ask key players to go 120 minutes against the side 23rd in the championship. Talk about making it hard for yourselves. And I think making it hard for ourselves has been the motto over the last month or so, where we just can't seem to get easy victories, even when they sometimes stare us in the face. This was another instance of that. And we'll see what the repercussions are on Tuesday and what decisions it forces Carlo to have to make. Yeah. You just look at certain guys and, and you hope that like when you bring on a Bernard, who's on, you know, 120 K a week, you bring on uh, Andre Gomes, who's on over hundred K a week, even Gilfie who did fine, but you know, he's a very different player than what the starters would be. I mean, if you're going to play Hamas in the middle with Alon and Decore, Gilfie is not like any of those guys um, and, and really isn't a very good possession player too. So, you know, he's on, you know, hundred K a week that that's, there's just a lot of allotment of guys there money that we're not getting as much bang for the buck as we'd like. Like, I, I actually think Bernard is a fine player, you know, and, and signing him on a free, I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent of, you know, like a $15 million, 50 million right. pound buy at like 75 K a week, which isn't insane. You know, I mean, so, you know, you look at that and, you know, 
he doesn't need to be amazing. But then you see, like, we got linked with Moises Casido, who, uh, you know, who I really like as a player for Ecuador. And you're like, that's the player I want on my bench. And he offers a similar thing, a slightly different, but a similar thing to a Decorey. And when money's tight, like another guy, JPG, Bameen. Yeah, it's a $25 million pound purchase that is not played, you know? So, so when money's a little bit tight, especially compared to our competition, I know people are going to say, Oh, we spent so much. We real, we've already gone through this folks. We have not we spent the last three years any more than any of the competitors and like the top 10 guys. But when you see that, you know, you're just not getting, it's not the right fit in some cases and you're just not getting the bang for the buck. It doesn't mean they're horrendous, but in some of those key positions, the drop-off is just too much. And I mean, I, that's why I still think the number one goal is, unless Alon is healthy, and we did see him in training the other day. Yeah, which was great. And JPG can come back and contribute. God, we need a defensive sitter. Like, with a good defensive sitting midfielder there, that game is totally different, I think, in my opinion. I think that's fair. Um, and with that, let's start to wrap things up here with some of our feedback we got on our post-match reactions just a couple here we had uh everton barks regular contributor i think a reason take here fairly standard cup tie in my eyes it's the biggest match our ufc players will play all season and for some in their careers they always play hard and we were sloppy with the ball but eventually took control rest for dcl dina coming back job done and on to the next one is this just a case of players on one side who are far more motivated than everton were uh, you know, you hate to say that, but it might be true. I mean, DL may be right. You know, you saw a lot of p- passivity for guys. They weren't charging into tackles. Th- this is also part of the problem by not having those hungry young guys in there. You know, even a guy like Tom Davies, he's settled into the squad now because he's had to play so much. I don't want that. I want some 19-year-old kid who's going to go in there and run through a wall in this. this. This, to me, should be the biggest match that some of our guys have played to their career to date. You know, guys that go in there really want to split their foot on things. Um, and Anthony Gordon showed some quality early, but he faded out in the match. Now, I, I can't totally blame that on him when he doesn't have the support and the service. Nielsen Kunku came on yeah. for Hamez. He came on like, dude, I am going to put my print on this match. He went forward. He was aggressive. There was one sequence that was when he went into midfield. Oh, it was hysterical. That who was, was amazing. Who was I going he, back with? On, on was it Garrett? I think. Um, I think so. Yeah. San Jose's finest, baby. Uh, yeah, we we're going back and forth. It is hysterical. He was running around like a little maniac, and it was great. To, that's what you want to see, you know. And again, people overreacted a bit, saying, "Why is he not playing more?" Come on, guys. I'm just, I'm just making the point, though. It, that was great to see. That's you want more of that hungerness. So maybe DL's right. I mean, that is a incredibly reasonable take on it. Kudos to yeah. him. Even I was more irrational than that at times watching this match. Um, I think ESC Showtime, I think, uh, makes a really interesting point because they made a bunch of subs, too. Yeah. His line was, pardon for the uh, religious uh, implications here, but uh, thank Christ that American was substituted off (laughs) (laughs) because we looked like we couldn't handle him. If last week wasn't a reality check, today was, and we need to seriously think about adding a midfielder because Gomes and Davies hurt the squad more than help it. Um, That's the case today, I think. It is, and... Look, some guys are okay players and would be just better playing somewhere else. Yeah. It, it's hard. You know, I guess what's really difficult is you see Tom Davies. He's not a very expensive player for us. Um, he has some versatility, but, you know, at some point, even with a young player, you've got to stop and say, okay, you see the good in him. You know, if you're an optimistic person, which contrary to some people, I am a very optimistic human. 
I see the good in him at times, you know, and I see kind of what could make him an outstanding player. But, you know, Everton can't be a halfway house if we have aspirations. So maybe maybe we're better off finding him alone. Um, Anthony Gordon, maybe too, you know, though it's a little early for him. It just may be better off for his development. But Andre Gomes is a guy that, you know, we saw some good showings from Andre, but when you're looking, if you can move a guy who's on that kind of wages, when we know he's not a good defensive player, period, we know he's not going to really cut through anyone in the final third. doesn't mean he can't be valuable to our possession play, but he's not showing that. He's not showing the transition. He did show it last week. You know, you start seeing inconsistent performances on guys you're allotting a lot of funds to. Bernard, the same way. I don't think Bernard's a bad player, but both yeah. those guys, maybe it's just if you can move it on, you, you should. You know, I don't think Jake Tosin's yeah. even that bad a player, but no, no, no. Is he great for us? Would you yeah. not rather have maybe a young, hungry player? And I'm not talking about a 19 year old kid that's going to play in the U23s. I'm talking about someone that that still has some upside that maybe could push some people and could maybe fill in for a Wobie at right as well as center forward. I I don't know what your thoughts are, but you know, it, it this game made me think those thoughts, and I I don't want to be like react overreacting based sure. on one game. I, you know me, man. I, I try and never do that. And, and kudos to DL for being more rational than me today. But I, I, did you get those feelings at all? I did. For me. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair thing to say. I think for an Andre Gomez, for a guy who we're paying as much as we are at his best for us, I think he needs two other midfielders alongside him that can kind of, he can just kind of play third field. Yep. Yeah. He's never going to be the guy to take the reins of a match. He's never going to, again, he's useful in that middle third of the pitch to retain possession, but in our third useless on defense and the opposition third, not going to create too many chances. And so you need midfielders who can do both those things and he can do neither. So he really just, again, plays, the, the third midfielder role to kind of just be there, be positionally aware, which at times he's not create, move the ball and and move on. But for his, the wages he's on, it, it's just not good enough. And Tom he's not he, showing that now too. That's the worst part yeah. about it. At least as he was showing that aspect of him, you'd say, okay, well maybe he's not the most bang for your buck, but at least he's a, a useful player. Although maybe not a starter, especially if you start thinking if Hamez is going to play in the middle, I mean, what do you do now? You've got guys like Andre, Siggy, even Tom Davies, because I don't think he's playing in his best role right now. Like, how many players and how much money are you going to allocate to that position? Yeah. No, it's it's a very fair question, and it, I do think long term we have to move Hamez. And then, okay, so you're looking at two guys to play basically behind Hamez, and neither Davies or Gomez really suits that style of play, and so. It, it's not so much that they're bad players. They just don't suit really what we're trying to do. And I don't know if they ever will. Tom and Davies is one that could still develop. He still maybe. has time, but Gomez, I think we've seen enough at this point to know that I just don't think he fits in the side. Yeah. It doesn't mean you hate him. Just maybe he's no, not bang for I, your buck, but, but when you see a guy like guy. Daniel Potence come into Wolf's side, right. And dominate the ball the way he does and show the class he does for, you know, a fraction of the cost, you start to think like, man, that's, Maybe the way we should go. And even in the future, man, Decorey may end up playing as the farthest up of a midfield if you had Alon and JPG coming back. So right. I just think that position now, I think it's time. Now, maybe it doesn't happen in January. It probably will happen in the summer. Anyway, I, I'm kind of belaboring the point. There's only so many times you can kind of hammer this. But a couple of the other comments I think that were 
Uh, we got some other comments out there, but I, I think they all kind of alluded to a lot of what we just said. Um, yeah. We did win. We won. So, so Tony, it's a little it's a negative Tony, podcast for a win. I know. So for Tony and many of the other people out there who said you shouldn't have a man of the match, maybe if you lose, <laughs> we did win. I, I don't know who I'd pick for man of the match. I, I guess I'm going to go with Robin Olsen. Uh, I think he was okay. Good a solidifying presence. He was strong up there. He kept us in it early. Um, he, he did a really good job and that's not an endorsement of a team performance. If you're picking the keeper, um, mm. you know, the other guys that came in and made a big impact, I think were just not in long enough, I guess, to, to say that they did, but yeah. yeah, he made some key saves. I don't know. What about you? I would almost, I want to say Decore just because scored the winner hard to fault that. And I think he took, took a lot of the bad elements of our midfield and, and kind of changed the dynamic there a little bit. Could argue he wasn't on long enough. Chank, I mean, scored almost at a second. Really limited service, as you said on Twitter. You can only do so much. I think the striker is as much a victim of the players around him as to how they perform. And so I don't think he got the greatest service. But hopefully that performance is enough to justify someone maybe coming in. He's been linked to several loans to Germany, perhaps back to Turkey. Um, so we'll see I think what happens with Chank. I think he'd do well in those leagues, honestly. I think yeah. I, think I don't would. think I mean, he played badly today, but he certainly isn't Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and he's kind of just a – I feel like he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Yeah, people keep thinking he's some crazy target striker and should be heading the ball over the place. He's not, but I mean, he's got a decent first touch. He's He was making some quick passes um, to help with transition at times. He he He's instantaneous in his movement off the ball. He's actually good with the ball at his feet. He can create – I think he even had a key pass today. I think he had four shots, two on target. Um he, he was a threat. I mean, you can't argue that he wasn't dangerous. Um, he didn't get bottled by their center backs. I mean, they had five guys back there and he still found time. You know, the only person we haven't talked about is I thought Seamus Coleman had a very poor first half, but, you know, kudos to the captain for really showing up in overtime. I mean, he, yep. kept, he was dispossessed early. He just, he's another one that he just, he's not separating from guys anymore and you see it, but he did show a lot of heart and he really kept running five for five in dribbles. And by the end, he really was dangerous on the right side. It was so nice to see him turn around because I was very critical of him halfway through, but I don't know. You got to pick someone, pick someone. Yeah. I'm going to go to Corey. I'm just, there gonna, you go. You know, choosing a sub, I think is indicative of how poor a match that was, that it took a change in personnel to really affect the game and ultimately win it. But when we did, and Ryan, I think that is a good place to wrap this one up. We've, uh, rambled long enough and we have a short turnaround before Everton face Wolves on Tuesday back in the Premier League. We'll of course be with you guys following that match for a comprehensive review. Otherwise, until next time, be sure to leave us a review. Follow us on socials, linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod for all the links. Join our Discord, invite.gg slash ATP, and we'll see you next time. Up the Toffees. Up the Toffees.